Hello and welcome to The Housing Platform, a podcast brought to you by Platform Housing Group. Housing associations are always looking at ways to provide the most energy efficient homes to customers. At Platform, we're continuing to develop homes, building on the 1,300 homes we've committed to start in 23-24. Many of those will be gas-free, and we'll be looking at other ways to provide safe, warm homes for our customers. So in this podcast, we wanted to find out about one of the ways that can save customers money on their bills, Octopus Energy's Zero Bills concept. Now, things like solar panels, battery storage, and air source heat pumps are already out there being used to make homes more energy efficient, but can they all work together to essentially mean a homeowner pays no energy bill? We sat down with Michael Cottrell, Global Product and Partnerships Director at Octopus Energy, and our own Katie Gilmartin, who's Head of Innovation and Business Development, to talk about the concept and how it can work with affordable housing providers. Coming up, you're going to hear what the Zero Bills concept is, the benefits for affordable housing customers, and some of the shifts that need to happen in order for it to be adopted more widely. My name's Rich Hurst, I'm on the communications team here at Platform, and I sat down with Michael and Katie for a great conversation to work out what it all means. We started with getting Michael to explain the Zero Bills concept. Yeah, so Zero Bills is a proposition we've developed where we work with house builders to install air source heat pump, solar, and a domestic battery at a house. Uh, And once we're able to work with that equipment, we can guarantee no energy bills at that house uh, currently for five years, and and hopefully soon we'll bring out a a 10-year guarantee, um, which is great because that will align with all the kind of warranty on on the equipment that makes it work. So then what we're saying is, as long as the equipment at your house is functioning, there's no there's no energy bill. So uh, exci- exciting for us as we think we, we might be onto something that, that could end energy bills for people. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a heck of a phrase just to be able to throw out there, isn't it? But yeah, yes, I sometimes worry that, you know, we're the energy company that's gonna stop charging people for energy, but, uh, <laughs> But, uh, but actually, no, I think the, um, the fantastic thing about the proposition is that it is kind of a win for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a win for the tenant. Um, not having to pay energy bills is huge for them, especially with the current kind of price environment that we're, that we're living through. Um, we think for house builders that there's commerciality in, in this, that people will value um, zero bills homes uh, more highly than their bill bearing equivalents mm-hmm. um, and and for us it, it does work as well we are able to, um, to to make a little bit of margin from from the product mm. so Katie so how does it all fit into what we're doing at platform so Michael's exactly right we're in a really difficult situation at the moment in terms of our customers juggling the cost of living crisis alongside the energy crisis alongside as a registered provider um the enormous amount of retrofit that we've got to do on our existing portfolio um we've got customers living in homes that they can't afford to heat and what that that's twofold that means that they're very unlikely to be able to pay their rent in full and it also means that the quality of that home um and that asset when we speak about it commercially um is diminished so when we talk about it from a Um, housing associations perspective it just makes sense Um, it's difficult on the kind of upfront appraisal side it does cost more there's some pretty expensive kit in that specification that they're talking about Um, battery storage in particular isn't coming as standard with pv our house building partners want to build two existing building regs they're not hugely motivated to 
deliver anything over and above what they're really required to by legislation um but it we need to start looking at this over the longer term so this is what we're starting to look at in terms of we're unique in terms of as housing associations we keep everything that we build on our balance sheet and we retain an obligation to do the maintenance and the repairs on those homes and under the new shared ownership model that also remains an obligation to us over the first 10 years so it makes sense for us to be building a product that our customers can afford to live in and afford to take care of Mm. uh, because if they don't ultimately as the homeowner that becomes our obligation and housing associations are speaking about quite a lot is around that damp mold and condensation and that Mm. quality and that retrofit with the Mm. with the um social housing decarbonisation fund so if we build homes that don't end up with damp and mould and we enable customers to live in them and avoid that it just makes sense it was one of my biggest fears about zero bills when we started out on this journey that um, it would it would only it would only become viable in for those that are able to pay but actually the work that that you're doing at platform is 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 amazing because it's it's um, the perfect articulation of the benefit case for us for a uh, housing association or an RP. So, you know, your benefit case is around. So, so I mean, let's let's talk about the numbers. Depending on the starting point, it's about between five and fifteen thousand pounds more for a zero bills house than a than a nor, like, like a bill bearing um, equivalent. Um, but what you but what you've done amazingly well is say, well, actually, we're putting a more um, valuable asset on our balance sheet. We're future-proofing ourselves. We, we know we're not going to have to go back and retrofit. And there are some commercial benefits as well around avoided OPEX for things like damp mold and com- condensation. And also the fact that you've reduced your credit risk, as you say, because you know, you've taken away a big chunk of expenditure for, for, for your tenants, which will have a direct financial benefit from you, for you. And I, I think the customer case as well shouldn't be ignored here right there's a lot Definitely. of research about the benefits to people not just of health and well-being mm-hmm. but their their whole life um if they live in a in a in a warm and comfortable home and if you take away the fear of if i turn the heating on it's going to cost me a lot of money then people should live in in warm homes yeah for sure i think what we know is that it's costing the NHS billions of pounds a year because they've got people in hospital who can't be discharged simply because their home isn't a safe environment for them to recuperate in. And when we've got customers who are unable to work because they're unwell or they've got children who are unwell and they're having to stay at home with them, um, and all of this feeds into kind of community building and placemaking as well. We know how important it is for social housing residents to feel a sense of pride in their community and the quality of their home is in direct relationship with that sense of kind of community well-being and self-esteem so it absolutely makes sense to have good quality homes and we remove the burden of affordability both in terms of the rent but also the energy bills and that's what's amazing for me is actually so from my starting point of worrying about you know the the dynamic actually it could be social housing or um, affordable housing that actually unlocks zero bills at, at scale, which I think would be fantastic because that would be directly helping, you know, the people who need it most. Who, who needs to come on board the most who isn't on board yet? I think first and foremost, um, the key is the fabric. 
so um, we've talked a little bit about the kit that goes into the building, but there is a fabric specification requirement. So we are very dependent on the house builder, whether that's an MMC manufacturer or a volume house builder using bricks and mortar to meet a certain fabric performance. All of this is dependent on the thermal envelope. So if you've got heat within the home, you need to make sure that that home's retaining the heat so that the heat demand is lower. You're reducing the energy demand. That's effectively what we're trying to achieve here. So first and foremost is the house builders. Um, I know in the first instance, MMC seems a much easier way to get there in terms of that fabric performance. We certainly at Platform are looking at MMC as a way to achieve that. Um, but one of the things I'll be talking to all of our kind of more traditional contractors about is what's your plan? How are you going to get there in terms of the fabric if yeah. you're going to continue using kind of brick and block construction, for example? Um, and there are projects out there where they've done traditional build and they've met future home standard fabric performance. Um, so th that, that's the first one. The second one is um, is really our kind of our finance teams and our boards. So we can say objectively it makes sense i think at the moment these are kind of more strategic initiatives currently mm. we don't have we can have this conversation about um common sense dictates that it it makes sense right we can kind of follow follow the thread but we don't have the evidence base because it is so new so um we need to get some of that evidence in and to, in order to bring our finance teams on board, look at what those long-term cost OPEX assumptions are. Mm -hmm. um, and similarly with our boards, you know, it's their responsibility to make sure that we are kind of governed um, in terms of our financial performance um, and it is their job to really interrogate that. So we need to make sure that they've got the tools and the evidence that they need mm -hmm. to be comfortable with this kind of initial um, increased capital outlay um, and then the third one is um, on the valuation side and one of the things that we're finding most difficult on um, appraisals for opportunities like this at the moment so um, when you're looking at a new project you need to look at how much money you're likely to kind of get once you've got people moving into those homes um, so we get what's called a RICS um, red book valuation um, the Red Book doesn't currently have any guidance to reflect uplifting values based on energy performance. So um, there is some work that um, we're not currently involved in, but we're very closely following, um, which one of the big volume house builders is doing with some of the biggest mortgage lenders, um, and together with Ricks to look at if we build something to a, a better quality, kind of better energy performance, can we start seeing some of that uplift in um, values? Mm. Um, and until that's the case, I think we're still going to really fall down on on the appraisals as well. Um, I think you you had some insights from your project in Essex, didn't you, on the values you could recognise, but Ricks wouldn't give them to you. It was just you went to market. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on, by the way. And I think your first and third points are, are really closely linked. I think um, the key to bringing more of the house builders on board is to prove the commercial case for zero bills, because I think their starting mindset is, look, I'm under a lot of pressure to do mm -hmm. a whole lot of new things anyway. Yeah. I need some compelling evidence to go and perhaps do a little bit more. But yes, you're right. What we did in, in Essex was um, w w was a great proof point. So you had three bedroom houses that are identical except for the, uh, the low carbon technology that was deployed on them. So one with gas, no battery, no solar. 
and then the Zero Bills home with air source heat pump, um, a lot of solar and a domestic battery. Uh, the house builder had to spend £18,000, one eight going from the base spec to the uh, Zero Bills spec, but the houses sold for £40,000 more. So there was a, wow. a direct, a, you know, a very strong commercial case for mm-hmm. them doing that. You know, also anecdotally, we've heard that those houses sold more quickly, mm-hmm. which I think in the current environment could be really important for house builders to kind of help with cash flow. So I think we need to we need to build an evidence base for the house builders to to to, to bring to, to to help bring it to life for them, and and show them that um, actually this isn't really about carbon for them. This is about commerciality, um, and I think you know that alongside what you're saying about um, helping your board or other boards in social housing context understand the kind of cost benefit case. Uh, I think that's. I think if we if we can address those points, mm. then um, then we should we should unlock some scale. And and that's that's the biggest challenge for you, I guess, at the minute. Then isn't it? Is there any? And what else? What can apart from just purely throwing that evidence out there it, what else can octopus do at the minute to get to, to, you know to as Katie said go to get to that common sense point where come on it's obvious this is where we, this is how we should be building homes now yeah i mean that, that's kind of our approach right yeah. that, that that's the uh the argument that we're making um and, and we've got had some really strong support you know from from people who have taken the plunge they're saying look it, this is yeah. and, and those kind of comments uh, are are really helpful. I, I think the other thing that we're doing is we're we're also working with the mortgage lenders, with with the banks, yeah. um, on the on the kind of tenant side. So maybe not as important for social housing kind of fixed rent, but on private sale and shared ownership. You know, mortgage providers are saying <clears throat> that they are going to take into account the fact that there's no energy bill when they do their affordability calculations, which is huge, right? Because that means you're, you're not having to earn more money. It's not a different tenant or purchaser. That you're that you can target. So, uh, Leeds Building Society are already doing this and have already got this sort of embedded in their processes. And we were talking to we're talking to Lloyd's, and they're gonna they're committing to um, to standardise this in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of other big banks are also you know on board, and and we're starting to engage with them on that. So I think um, yeah, combination of things we discussed, plus getting the getting the banks, the mortgage lenders to recognize the zero bill when they do their affordability calculations will be important. So how far how far into the future before we we you know as kind of our standard have potentially a lot of these homes uh, available for customers to go into on any tenure? Not too far in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at projects with Octopus right now. And I think the one thing we keep coming back to is the evidence base. I think the sooner we can build that evidence base, the sooner this will become mainstream. Um, I think we've got a 1,600-unit pipeline. I don't want to put a kind of time on when that entire pipeline will be a zero bills <laughs> yeah. pipeline. Yeah, Michael's yeah. probably hoping 2024 yeah, or 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for that to be love, the case. Yeah. But as I said, I think what we're probably like to be seeing is in the first instance, projects like this coming to our boards as kind of strategic initiatives where we're looking to make the case mm-hmm. yep. to demonstrate all of the things that we've talked about. And once that's 
once that's there and we've got that kind of data and that evidence we can then start applying it across the entire entire pipeline and the other thing is the other thing we keep coming back to is those volume house builders so we are really dependent on the direction of travel and of, of the house builders in terms of the fabric so again those conversations that we'll be having a platform we're having with our kind of house building partners over the next few weeks mm-hmm. will really inform that ambition as well but um i think we're we're seeing a kind of a real shift um and i think when they can see how much money they're spending on the retrofit side the argument for spending more money on new build development um is there Homes Englanders are only really behind it. I know that they're, they've got a much greater focus on that kind of quality, on that performance from a affordable homes programme and a grant perspective. Um, so I certainly think over the next few years, there's a few kind of moving parts that we're going to see coming together. But um, as with anything in housing, you see quite a lot of pilots before you see um, things going mainstream. So... Um, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. I think on our side is the fact that the technology is quite well proven. Mm-hmm. You know, people are sceptical of air source heat pumps, but actually if you look at, say, Norway, for example, which has a much more extreme climate than we have here in the UK, they have, I think it's 80% air source heat pump penetration. Solar panels have been around for a long time. We're seeing increased uptake in, in that technology. And, you know, the use of batteries is you know, rapidly scaling if you think about what's happening in the electric vehicle yeah. space. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's proven tech. It's not necessarily risky from that point of mm. view. So I think you're right, just a bit of evidence base. Some of these pilots starting to um, prove out some of the th- some of the theory and, yeah. and then we should we should see some scale. Are you, are you, is that, and, and you are starting to see the pace pick up on that now, I'm guessing from all of the, the research point of view and from everything it took to get to that point to, to put together zero bills, how quickly is that now starting to pick up? Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a snowball effect, yeah. right? Um, also, we've invested quite a lot, right? You know, we've been we've been pushing the scheme. We've got teams dedicated to 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 to, um, to engaging with the market. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done quite a lot of uh, marketing around the proposition. Um, you know, I have slides and will travel and that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I think the the prize is is huge and 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 if we do start to so that the pace now is around interest and the next step is to translate that into commitment. projects and yeah. commitment mm-hmm. um yeah. and i think yeah as we understand the industry the sector a little bit this is new for us right you know we've not worked um at scale in 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 this space before um, as we start to understand it and understand the proposition better, I think we can be more bullish in some of the conversations we're yeah. having as well and push yeah. for commitment a little bit harder. I think it's it's just worth reflecting actually that um, one of the, the big things in pilots and one of the big lessons that needs to be learned is um, around that customer experience. And yeah. um, we, we talk a lot about the kind of commercial case being there. We talk about a lot about the technology being proven. Um, and I it's always interesting when we kind of compare um, the rollout of that technology in the UK to kind of Northern European countries, because there's just such a deeply entrenched cultural connection to gas heating in the UK. Um, and like that's one of the really big things that we're going to have to unpick as we're moving through this um, kind of change towards um, kind of zero carbon, zero builds living. Um, and I quite often compare it to um, the move 
towards EVs. So um, you don't drive your kind of Tesla in the same way that you drive an old diesel banger. It's the analogy that I always use is you have to drive it differently um, in order to get the most out of it. And we've got to work with our customers and people living in these homes to live in their homes, use their homes differently to make the most of this technology. And really often, and you may have heard this when talking to other RPs, um, there are countless examples of, of schemes where air source heat pumps have been taken out because customers are saying that they don't work and housing associations are unable to maintain and manage them or just don't have the skills or information to provide customers with. So one of the big pieces of work that we're going to be doing is outside of all the commercial conversations is how do we onboard customers? How do we support customers to live in these homes um, kind of most efficiently really so that all of this technology can work together to deliver on if not like reduced energy bills zero bills because it is just about um, how you interact with that technology as the resident um, I think that's probably one of the longer journeys we've got to go on that commercial stuff I think is going to be much easier <laughs> that, than yeah. bringing some of our customers You're on right. board that, it, it, I suppose that bit is almost it's not tied up but it's kind of it, it, everything's out there now and there's no surprises left there but there are surprises left for people who have to get used to living yeah. in homes using their homes differently yeah, I, I think from the customer testimonials that we have on zero bills, that the I think the fact that there's no bill associated um, with their heating um, really helps because they don't worry about the fact that you know typically you have to have your you have to allow your air source heat pump to be on for a longer period of time. Now, if you've got the right, even if in a non-zero bill scenario, if you've got the right tariff and if you understand it and you've optimized the system properly, that sounds complicated, by the way, but it doesn't have to be. You do that work at the install at the setup phase, um, then it will be. It will, but it will be on for a bit longer. Um, you just have to not worry about that and not worry about coming in and saying, "Okay, I'm going to put the heating on, turning it on, and everything getting piping yeah. hot." But actually, just trusting that your house is going to be in that comfortable temperature zone for you, and I think the zero, the zero bill part of that really helps because people are not worried about yes. it. And you know, we've got some great quotes from some of the customers that are living in zero bills homes at the moment, saying things like, "You know, this winter's been fantastic. I haven't had a bill while everyone else is, you know, while I've been watching in despair on television as people struggle with bills. I've not experienced that, and I've sat." in a toasty warm house I think the more of that kind of evidence that we can build definitely um, you know as you say with electric vehicles has been exactly the same right people worried about running out of mm -hmm. charge or how to drive the car and what they can do when should they charge at home the more people talk about it and the more people see it working um, you know and I think with EVs we're really at the inflection point of yeah. scale and I think the same will happen with SLC pump yeah, I think that zero bills comfort is really key to um, kind of air source adoption because you're right. We and I'm I'm guilty of it. I <clears throat> I whack the heating on when I feel a bit cold in the winter, and then I just turn it off again when I'm when I'm warm enough. Which is, I mean, even with a boiler, the most ineffective, inefficient way to use it. I my radiators get hot enough that I can dry clothes dry my clothes on it in the winter you know it's all the things that you're really not supposed to do in your home but we all do them do it, and yeah. so it is a really different different way of, of living in your home and using your home um, and interacting with it so um, we know I think the air source heat pump being 
on all the time the, is the ideal way for it to be used but we do have customers who go god that must be costing me a fortune I'm really worried they turn them off again but our engineers tell some <laughs> stories about you know like you say people using gas boilers and and uh, and their heating systems today in super efficient ways by the way most of our houses are like this often you'll have radiators underneath a window yeah. and then you'll cover that with long curtains so what you're effectively doing is heating your window and the air outside right you're not getting any of that into your house um, but as soon as you've replaced the gas boiler with the air source heat pump, that becomes the air source heat pump's mm-hmm. fault, if that makes sense, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Rather than sort of actually the inherent inefficiency in the, yeah. in the system or the, or the setup. No, they are. My husband goes around in winter tucking all the curtains <laughs> behind the radiators. <laughs> and it looks naff when I get, go around untucking them and he's like... <laughs> yeah, and there's all and there's all of those things we've got I'm to get. Like my beautiful curtains. Before, yeah, before we before we've even thought about that, we must think about curtain design in the zero bills home. Yeah, yes, that's right. exactly. Yeah, and location right. of radiators. Yeah. Location of radiators. Let's not get started yeah. on that. No, no, no. Okay, look, thank you very much both. Really appreciate your time today, and um, there are some really interesting conversations around you know this exact thing. So it's great to have your thoughts. Thank Thanks you for having me. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So thanks to Michael and Katie for their time. And we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of The Housing Platform. There's more about us on our website at platformhg.com. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Till next time, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.